0: Wow, I love communion. Thank you, Antoinette Joyner, for taking us down that road of Jesus and his name. Oh, I love that, and I appreciate it. Appreciate all that's being done, and uh, Brother Larry, you, you, you're here, and, and we appreciate that uh, you're going to be teaching this class, and I hope you'll keep that. I think that's a Saturday morning. Is that right? And I hope you'll keep that date in mind for the New Beginners class, and so we look forward to look forward to that hope everyone has an outline Uh, if you do not please raise your hand and brother steve will make sure you get one please want everybody to have an outline and sometimes if you will you can take that home have several on this side. you can take that home and uh study it during the uh week it's just a great study quite a bit of scripture and and uh we would like for you to do that Uh, This morning the sermon is What's in your house? How did you leave your house this morning before you came to church? You make the beds? Did you leave the dishes in the sink? Now that's none of my business but I just you ever see these pictures of people that hoard and the only way you can get in a room is to walk in a little narrow. Uh, you know, I think, and, and of course, this morning the sermon is not certainly going to be about your, your physical house, although it could be, but I think the way we keep our physical house is a reflection of what's going on in our heart. I do. Uh, and that doesn't mean we keep everything nice and tidy. But this is talking about the the heart. What's in your house, uh, Joshua? When we have these scriptures listed here, Joshua said, "As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord." In Isaiah and also in Second Kings, I believe it is there is. Uh, Scripture that talks about the prophet Isaiah going to King Hezekiah and says to King Hezekiah, Set your house in order. Now, that's not talking about the physical house, that's talking about this house. And so keep in mind we're talking about the spiritual house, the heart house. When you become a Christian, notice the introduction. Something truly amazing happens. God comes to live inside your heart. You become the home of God. That's a wow. Every one of us, when we accept Jesus Christ through and by the spirit of God, God, Jesus comes into our heart. Remember that song we used to sing? Into my heart, come into my heart. Come into my heart when we were kids. That's why we're asking Jesus to come into our house. And since we are the home of Christ, we need to make sure He's comfortable in us. He's comfortable in us. Uh, Is He welcome in every room? To peek in your closets? See inside your pantry? Look under the bed. Well, someone years ago wrote this, the lyrics to this song. If Jesus came to your house to spend a day or two, if he came unexpectedly, I wonder what you'd do. When you saw him coming, would you meet him at the door with arms outstretched and welcome to your heavenly visitor? Or would you need to change some things before you let him in, like burn some magazines and put the Bible where they'd been? Oh, I know that you'd give your nicest room to such an honored guest, and all the food you would serve to him would be certainly the very best. And you'd keep assuring him that you were glad to have him there, that serving him in your home was a joy beyond compare. But what about your family conversation? Would it keep up its normal pace? Or would you find it hard each meal to say the table grace? Would you be glad to have him stay forever on and on? Or would you sigh of great relief when he'd finally gone? You know, it might be interesting to know the things you'd do if Jesus came in person to spend some time with you what if he did well he does he knows what's going on in your house he knows what's going on in your heart he knows what's going on in the house husbands wives children he knows the makeup of that house he knows and he visits us it is very important notice number one roman numeral number one a home where the holy spirit feels welcome and wanted uh we want him to be welcomed. We want him to be active in a very vital part of our home. If the Holy Spirit is going to be present and active in our home, we must first of all, and that's what we want. We want Christ. We want Jesus Christ to be a vital part of our life. Not just on Sunday morning at church, but every day of our life. If so, then first of all, you know, I believe I left my scripture. I I hope that we can keep up together with it on the screen. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. If we want the Holy Spirit to be present and to be active in our home, then first of all, we must pray often. Uh, Let's read it together. Rejoice always. Okay, we're going to go, I I need my scripture, 16 through 18, I believe it is. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 16 through 18. Rejoice always. 17. Okay, I see I'm going to, and it's not their fault. It's on my desk, Larry. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much. I do want to read the scripture because it is very important. If we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to be in our home, to live in our lives, we must pray. Amen. And the Bible says, pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean we're every moment of our time that we're praying, but that means to stay in an attitude of prayer. If we desire the Holy Spirit to be active in our home. Second of all, we must weave worship throughout the day. You know, It's important that we worship not only at church. It's important that we worship at home. Pastor, how are we going to do that? How about putting some soft gospel music on, playing it as we're dusting, as we're cleaning, as we're washing dishes, as we're making the bed, whatever. We need to let the Holy Spirit over and over again, worship God and allow Him certainly to minister in our house. Giving thanks, certainly, as we pray over the meal, we need to worship God and give Him thanks. Going to bed, we need to pray before we go to bed, and we also need to give Him thanks. So there's time throughout the day that we can certainly worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Second of all, or thirdly rather, we need to eliminate unchrist-like attitudes and behavior. Behavior. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Okay. Do not be unequally, thank you so much, yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with the lawlessness, or what communion has light with darkness. So we're not a, we're not to allow things to happen into our house that's evil. We're not to allow the enemy to sneak in through people, through things. We had a couple of years ago many years ago, that had an item that they had that was uh, idolatry, and it was very, very expensive, worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. When they got saved, they would not allow that ungodly thing to be in their home. So rather than uh, sell it and let someone else have something like that, they took it out and back and broke it. I'm sorry, Larry. That's okay. Uh, I, I don't know what I did with my scriptures, and that's that's typical sometimes. <laughs> But listen, they took it out back and they broke it up. We should not allow things and people in our home that's going to be detrimental. We shouldn't allow those things in our lives. In our heart, we should guard those things. Amen? Uh, Back about uh, uh, 48 years ago, I believe it was, maybe a little bit, 47 years ago, I had a gentleman to come and speak for us, a a powerful man of God. In fact, we secured the old Civic Center downtown, and uh, we filled it up. There were about 25 pastors or ministers that was part of this meeting. The pastor's name, the preacher's name, was Lester Sumrall. He was well-known. He was world-known, Lester Sumrall, and some of y'all, that name may ring a bell. But uh, I, I, and he was the one that prayed for the girl in Manila in the capital of the Philippines, Manila in the city jail, Uh, 17 year old girl. And uh, her mother was, uh, she delved in witchcraft and spiritualism. And uh, her dad died when she was young that her mom died. And so she was in the streets, became a prostitute she was arrested and put in jail uh, back in 1953. And while she was in jail, she would scream out, something's attacking me. And this is, was uh, medical doctors uh, uh, said this was a true story. She would scream out, and whatever was happened to her left teeth marks on her hands, her arms, and her neck. It was demonic. It was demonic. And they called Lester Summerall, so he flew to the Philippines and spent three days praying and believing God for this girl. Well, she was miraculously, uh, this was carried, and uh, the mayor of the city and all the people knew about it, she was screaming out. But when he got there, these demons were so powerful, they they screamed out against Lester Summerall. But as you know, the power of God is so real, and God delivered that 17-year-old girl, wonderfully set her free, and the revival broke out in this country, the, in, especially in the city of Manila. Well, this same Lester Summerall, uh, I, I if you notice I have on your paper, he went to visit a man by the name of Smith Wigglesworth. Now, that name of, Ring of bell, great man of God. They're in, they're in London. Well, Lester Summerall was 25 years old, and he was speaking at a conference during the day, and Smith Wigglesworth was speaking at night. Can you imagine being in a crusade like that? Well, Smith Wigglesworth liked him. He got to know Lester Summerall, and he said, I want you to come and visit with me. And this is a world-renowned person, uh, Smith Wigglesworth. And uh, Lester Summerall said, when do you want to come? He said, any time. He said, any time? He said, just show up any time. And said he did. After the crusade, he went to see him. And he carried with him an umbrella in one under one arm and a newspaper under the other arm. Well, he, he had a knocker. If you remember the old knockers on the door, he knocked on the door. And here comes Smith Wigglesworth at the door. He said, well, hi. He said. A uh, young man, again, he was 25 years old. Lester was, he said, young man, what's under your arm? He said, well, I got an umbrella. And he said, I've also got a today's paper newspaper. He said, you can't come in. Smith Wigglesworth said, you can't come in with that newspaper. I don't allow it in my home. I don't allow lies in my home. And back then, as you know, the war was going on and they had things that Hitler would say and all of these things. Well, uh, he had to take the newspaper and leave it outside. How many of you know there are things that we allow in our house that we shouldn't? That's important. There are things that we allow in our physical house that we should not. And then there are things that we allow that come in our, come in our heart. We listen, on, watch television. We hear people's conversation. And we listen and watch things that are ungodly. And therefore, it leaves the Holy Spirit inept. He doesn't move like he would if we wouldn't do those things. We need to set boundaries for our home. We must not or allow, enable wrongdoing for our home. Look at number two, the empty house, Luke chapter 11, verse 24 and 26. Let's see if we can get that, yes. When an unclean spirit, now listen to this scripture, it's very important. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest, and finding none. He says, I will return to my what? House. I'm going to return to my house uh, from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it what? Swept and put in order. And he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. That's an interesting text to me. Notice some things, and this is not going to be a sermon on demonology, but notice some things that's very important. First of all, demons occupy places in which God isn't present the bible says in first john 1 and 9 if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness you say pastor how do i clean my heart house by confessing and forsaking your sin confess it and forsake it satan goes out by the spirit of god jesus comes in but that evil spirit goes out. He can't stand it around Jesus. If Jesus occupies the house, Satan can't occupy the house with him. He got to go. And I'm reminded, I'm reminded of of Jesus when he went to the land of Gadarae and the demoniac of Gadarae there saw him coming. And most of you know that story how that this man was possessed by, by demon after demon after demon. He was naked in the, in the uh, caves. He cried out at night and screamed at night. The people of the town tried to, to arrest him and put him in chains, and, and they couldn't bind him. He would break everything that they tried to. That's the power of demons, folks. Brother Don, I don't believe in all that stuff. Well... God's real and the devil's real. Don't you never mistake that. Amen. And this man was so demon possessed that nobody could control him. But Jesus and his disciples came, stepped out of the boat. And as soon as they stepped on the land, this man came running to them and fell down. The demons did and cry out, do not torment us. And they knew that Jesus wanted, was going to cast them out, again, Satan can't be where Jesus is. And so they asked Jesus. There were 2,000 pigs over on the hillside. And so these demons asked Jesus, would you, if you, they knew he was going to cast them out. Let us go into the pigs. So you notice something I have here. The natural dwelling of demons is in man or pigs. And so Jesus permitted them to do that. All the pigs, all 2,000 of them, ran over the cliff out into the water and they were drowned. Mm. So we understand that demons occupy places in which God isn't present. Number two, demons tend to visit their former victims again. That's his house. And believe me, if you come to Jesus Christ and leave that vacuum in your heart and don't refill it with something else, Satan is gonna come back and try to possess you again. Amen? He is. And so the important thing is for us to refill that house. Look at, uh, look at number three, mani- maintain, maintaining a clean house confession repentance, the Holy Spirit fills our heart, then God's presence should be an ongoing experience in our lives. Ephesians. And this is a powerful verse for every believer. Listen at it. Ephesians chapter five, verse 18. And do not be drunk with wine, Paul is saying, in which is uh, dissipation, and, and wicked is one translation, but be filled with the spirit. And that uh, text there with the Greek means an ongoing feeling to be filled over and over and over again. And we need to allow the Holy Spirit to be constant in our lives true true repentance is not merely eliminating the negative but replacing it with positive attitudes and actions it's important folks yes we want to be saved but it's important for us to do things that replenishes the spirit of God in us like going to church you're here today you're here today to be blessed, as Brother Denny would say. And you're here today to be lifted up. You're here today to be refilled. And there are things that we can do. The Holy Spirit needs to fill our hearts. Let the word of God also dwell in you richly. Brother Don, what am I going to do to keep Satan from re-entering my heart? Two Take over his house again. Look at it. And I love this verse. It's, It's New King James Version. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in songs and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. That's a beautiful way to keep the heart filled with good to keep the heart filled with uh, the Word of God, the Spirit of God, singing and praising and worshiping God. These things are so vital. Fill your heart with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. That's what verse 19 tells us to do in the book of Ephesians. So, since you have Jesus Christ in your home, Since you allow Jesus Christ, and probably most of us are believers today, most of us are Christians, do you allow Jesus to go to every room in your home? Is there a place in your heart that you don't yourself even go? It's too painful. We don't want to go there. We won't let Jesus into that secret place. There's a secret place. I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ wants every part part and partial of your life. Amen? He wants to visit every room of your life. The psalmist said, Lord, forgive me and cleanse me of my secret sin. Is there sin there that you don't want anybody to know anything about? Are there feelings, attitudes in your life that you don't want anyone to know anything about? It keeps you down It keeps you oppressed. It keeps you defeated. God wants to come in in all of his fullness, in all of his blessings, take over your whole house and bless you today. That's his desire. When we allow sin, and we should not, when we allow sin to reign in our homes and in our hearts, we crowd out the Holy Spirit. Amen? And those things, God is not going to operate in your life if you allow certain things to be part of your life. Leaving no room for him to flourish. We crowd out the Holy Spirit, leaving no room for him to flourish. This is why if you truly want a home that honors God, you have to be ruthless about eliminating sinful attitudes and behaviors in your home. It is vitally important that you guard your home. It is vitally important that you allow Jesus Christ to be all and all in your heart and in your life. Confess your sins. Get rid of everything in your Lord, you can come in my pantry. You can come in my secret place. You can come in the closet. Is there a door? Is there a door there? And you notice that door, but it's too painful to open that door. You don't want want it open because you don't want to deal with it. Is there something in your life, something secret and and, and sin that's there? Well, here's a song. I love this song. It says, My heart is a house. And it says, let Jesus go in to your secret place.
1: My heart is like a house. One day I let the Savior in. There are many Now and then But then one day He saw that door I knew the day Had come too soon I said Jesus I'm not ready For us to visit In that room Cause that's a place In my heart reveals
0: Your heads, if you would. That question is so poignant, so important. Is there a place in your heart that even you won't go? Are there secret rooms? Are there secret sins? As a young man, my heart was filled with anger. I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to think about it, but every once in a while I became so angry. It controlled my life. Are you controlled by anger? Are you controlled by lust? Are there things there that you would have nobody to know? Are you controlled by pride? Does anything control your life? I I trust today that you'll give him an opportunity to go in every room of your home. I trust today that you'll allow his light, the light of his love, the light of his word, the light of his presence. I trust today that you'll let that light shine in every part and partial of your house. Minister to you you, change you. As a songwriter said in that song after that he opened that door and he and Jesus went in, he just was rejoicing over the fact that his light, God's light cleansed him and he was free again. You want to be free? Give Jesus permission to go in your secret room. You want to be free? Be honest with him. You'd like to be free? Be honest with yourself. Oh, that's a thought-provoking thing. I'm tired of hiding it. I'm tired of carrying it. I don't want to carry it anymore. God Almighty, turn the searchlight of heaven over our soul. Search me, O Lord. Search me, O Lord. And know my thoughts, I pray. See if there be any wicked way in me today, dear Lord. Would you pray that prayer? Would you be like the psalmist that would say, Father, I open up my door. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open that door, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. Oh, God. There's, a, there's a, just a, a spirit of, of God dealing with us here this morning. Don't turn that away. Don't say no to it. Don't harden your heart. Don't keep that door bolted. Swing it wide open and say, come on in, Jesus. I'm tired of my house being drab. I'm tired of it being dark. I'm tired of running, Lord. I'm tired of not being honest. Oh God. God searches today. Searches today, Lord you hear here today and you say, Pastor, that, that really speaks to where I'm at today. And I, I I want the Lord to deal with some areas in my life that I must confess. <laughs> I've kindly wanted to keep them hidden. But I want you to pray that I would be free of anything that would hinder, pull me down, any of those things. While head's about, eyes are closed, would you slip up that hand and say, pray for me? Would you do it? Search me, O God. And know my thoughts, I pray. Try me say cleanse from all my ways. See if there be some wicked way in me. Some kid way in me, try me, O oh say. Stand with us, if you will. If you're here today and you have a special need, I want God to touch your life. He will, but you must make the first step. You must take that first step yourself. And brother Danny, did you have something the same? You did. Okay. I want to ask you to come. If you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, God wants to touch your life. If you're here today and you need to touch in your life physically, He'll do that. If He needs to set you free from anything, then He will. Okay, let's go to the one we've been singing. Greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. Sing it. Would you step out in the aisle? Come stand with us around the altar. Greater is He that is in me. Greater is He that is in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in them. Sing it.